0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are
1: you? Doing well, Sean. Uh, Gearing up for uh, another week. This is the busiest week of the year coming up, I think, with a pair of basketball games and uh, the usual football routine. So that's what we're going to discuss today. We're going to do a little Vanderbilt recap. Uh, Another win, Sean. Uh, i say another win the first win since uh what October 9th I think
0: it's definitely definitely been a while and that that's what I was telling someone yesterday I know the second half wasn't pretty but my goodness when you've not won a game since early October I think October (laughs) 9th you just want to leave with a win and uh first win in over a month so that's the good news but we have a lot to talk about the in between A, a great first half not so much second half maybe uh mismanaging some opportunities for for some other guys on the roster we we got a lot to discuss
1: yeah I mean I haven't gone back and done my rewatch yet uh just basically chilled out yesterday when I got home but uh you know in in the moment they you uh not me necessarily but a logical talking point was motivation how Kentucky would want to come out after pretty much all of its major goals that we might have been thinking about in terms of uh, pre-Georgia, you know, trying to win the SEC East, which was a long shot, but still it was a possibility. And then once it lost to Georgia, you kind of looked at it as a New Year Six opportunity, but, but that disappeared as well with losses to Mississippi State and Tennessee. So you kind of wondered, you know, what will they be playing for? And uh, they came out Saturday night and really jumped on Vanderbilt from the start, a Vanderbilt team that's obviously not very good. They've not won a conference game, and I'm assuming they're going to lose to Ole Miss and Tennessee, so it's going to be two full years for them. Well, somewhat two full years, however you want to approach the 2020 season. No, they didn't win a game last year. So, you know, it's been a long time since they've won a game, but they took care of business in the first half, got up 31-3. To talk about the positives, Sean, I thought the second quarter in particular for Kentucky was – Probably the best quarter it had played all season long. Um, Outscored Vanderbilt 24-0. to Averaged, I think, over nine yards per play. And Vanderbilt only had 2.2. They had the pick six in there. It was really a a really well-played quarter.
0: Yeah, a very well-played quarter. And uh, the thing I took away from early in that game is Wondell Robinson was incredible, making some great plays. Isaiah Cummings had that touchdown grab, Derek. That's a guy that's been coming on really, really strong uh, this season and really bodes well for this offense moving forward. Uh, so I was really impressed with that.
1: Yeah. You know, it felt like in that first half, Levis had a chance to throw for a ton of yards. They, uh, I mean, it was so effortless. And again, I know you can look at and say it's Vanderbilt, but you're still looking for production, you know. Um, they had the opening drive. They went down, scored a touchdown, had scored on a touchdown pass to Robinson. Uh, the next drive, they throw it three times. Cummings catches the touchdown pass, so they're up 14-3. You get the pick six in between there. But then when the offense got the ball back again after a shank punt, they they ran it three times. So they had two scoring drives in the first half. One possession, they did not run the ball at all. And the other possession, they didn't throw the ball at all, and they scored both times. So really Vanderbilt had no answer. Um, and – the end of the half, when it's thirty-one to three, you're not going to hear many gripes from people. I, that, to me, Sean, was a, um, uh, I guess, a reflex from Stoops last week. It, you could very clearly tell he did not want to leave any time for Vanderbilt to get the ball back, and in doing so, I thought he managed to clock a little funny. I don't, I don't know why he wanted to run the clock all the way down and then just try to throw a hail mary. It was fourth and two. It wasn't like it was fourth and eight, where if you didn't, you know. You only had to pick up a few yards out a timeout to work with. I thought they definitely could have handled that differently. But, again, they were up by 28 points. Uh, but then the second half happened, and Vanderbilt made a quarterback change. Kentucky had a really long uh, drive that ended in a field goal, took a lot of time with the clock. But Vanderbilt, you know, they had two drives in the second half that lasted over five minutes, 11 plays and 12 plays. And that took a lot of time off. And that's really what kept it from getting out of hand. So, for anyone who bet the – I think it was, what, 21 points, 21 and a half points yeah. in favor of U.K.? I mean, it's probably a frustrating one to lose because they were up 28 at one point. Vanderbilt couldn't stop them, and then they come out in the second half and only score three points, and the defense can't come up with a few timely spot, uh, stops. So I wouldn't go as far. I, someone tweeted at me, um, said it felt like they'd lost the game because of how they played in the second half. I mean, you can't, you can't look at it that way. But definitely some things that leave you – a little uneasy for whenever Louisville uh, – the Louisville game rolls around. But at the same time, Sean, like we were talking about, a win is a win.
0: Yeah, that's the biggest thing is to, to get a victory and just keep this thing moving and now get to seven and three. A uh, couple of notes there. It's the first time since the, the league split into divisions and in, what, was that 1992, Derek, or was yep. it – Yeah, that yep. they they've finished sole, sole possession of second place in the SEC East. I know they tied in 2016 and 2018, so – even though that you wanted more, you wanted a 10-win season. I know fans thought 11-1 and one was on the table there. I mean, we talked about it because obviously when they're 6-0, and you have to start talking about all the scenarios. It's still a good season for Kentucky to do something that they've not done since the league split into divisions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the big narrative-driven things, I'm going to wait a few more weeks and, and see what happens against Louisville. But, to go 5-3 and three in the league, despite – I don't know how it's going to be viewed. Obviously, some of those wins they got. Um, Florida I, – I can't remember a team destructing like this, the way Florida has, that nearly beat the number one team in the country, I think, what, the third week of the season. <laughs> and now you're looking at Mullen. I don't know if he's even going to be retained. I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen there after like Stanford put up 50-something points on them. Which they scored 70, but – uh lsu of course fire doors are on but that's not uk's problem i think that's kind of the thing i would say either way even if they went 11 and one uh like mississippi state or tennessee at that point had kentucky beaten those teams would not have been ranked either at any point so even if they would have won 11 games i don't know which ones you would have looked at and defined as a signature win you know what i mean yeah but uh you do look at it now, and it is kind of funny how this worked out. Sean LSU and Florida turned out to be kind of bad, but in a lot of ways, uh, Florida or not Florida, uh, Mississippi State and Tennessee were better than maybe what was expected. By the time that those games rolled around, I mean Mississippi State had a huge comeback win the other day. Will Rogers on, was on point again. I mean that that turned out to be one of the better teams on the schedule, and um, Tennessee, of course, you know just. such a different look on offense you don't see it much and still some talent there on offense a game you felt like kentucky could have won perhaps should have won given all the things that was in its advantage uh, on the stat sheet but five and three like you said it's only the second winning season in the sec since what 1977 it's incredible so it's it's still a a good year but what what happens against louisville will will kind of define how the season's remembered i think
0: it will 100%. And if uh, we expect them to get to eight and three on Saturday versus New Mexico State, but that Louisville game is going to be what kind of decides how everybody has the overall taste in their mouth going into the bowl season, Derek. I think eight and four probably doesn't sit well with fans, while nine and three does because it's going to be an opportunity to go to another bowl game and play a quality opponent.
1: Yeah, for sure. You, you want to keep the momentum going against your in state rival. It's a little crazy how little. It seems like they compete for recruits these days. Um, I Just with Satterfield's strategy, and it seems like Stoops' a strategy, they're just not really overlapping, like, at all um, for recruits. At least, yeah, I mean, maybe one or two a cycle. Perhaps more in the future. But uh, y- you always want to kind of carry momentum against them. It would be a three-game winning streak for Kentucky if it were to win against Louisville. Of course, they didn't play last year, but um, – you would still have people feeling very good because, like you, I'm assuming – I mean, New Mexico State's truly maybe the worst team in, in yeah. all of FBS football. So, if Bo Allen doesn't get in this game, something bad happened. Uh, to Uh You know, you wish you could have got him and some of those other reserves in last week. It didn't quite work out that way. I mean, Bo's not taking a snap since, what, September – whatever whatever the first day of the season was. It's been a long time yeah. since he's got out there and
0: had another September person tweet 4th, at
1: me and do what?
0: September fourth, I believe, was the season opener. So it's I mean the season you're, opener. You're yeah, talking that's three right. months.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time since he's seen some live bullets out there, but someone someone else tweeted at me and talking about their not sure why I cared so much about getting the backup quarterback reps. Well, I mean you only have so many opportunities in a season to develop guys. And whenever you have a 28-point lead in a game, I mean, you that early in a game, I mean, you should have had a chance to – it wasn't just Bo, though. I mean, Bo was – I think they needed to get him in just because that position, you're one play away from
0: – And Kentucky fans should know Yeah, that you're, you're yeah. one play away from two and you're two plays away from uh, playing your wide receiver quarterback.
1: Well, and just, I mean, ideally Bo would have a whole other season here behind Levis, but – You still want to give Bo a chance to kind of show what he can do. And, again, it won't be the exact same because, you know, if you're up big, you're going to be calling plays different. He's going to be working with probably some other reserves, just like how it was against Louisiana Monroe. But I still think you want to give Bo a chance to get a bit more comfortable and at least kind of show you something. And the way that that game was trending, they should have been able to get him in really early in the third quarter, probably, and then you could still somewhat run a normal offense at that point because – you know, if you get too deep in the game, it just makes more sense to run the ball and try to get out of there. So I thought that was that was one of the disappointing things I thought the other night, but it really does seem like um, maybe this will make sense. I think the overall trend of how the defense had played the last few weeks probably caused some overreaction in the moment. Yeah. Just because they had played so well in the first half. And then when they switched quarterbacks, you know, he comes in there and, like Stoop said after the game, they weren't really reeling off too many big plays. It was just kind of picking up what they needed. And that's kind of happened a lot to this defense this year. I mean, when Vanderbilt has back-to-back scoring drives of 11 and 12 uh, plays, you know, it's, you couldn't get off the field and uh, you haven't, a, a, I mean, at this point, Sean, it's going to be trendy to pick Louisville, I think to beat UK um, just because Louisville was coming off a 41, three game against Syracuse. They've, I mean, really only got blown out once. The NC State game ended up being a 15-point, but it was probably closer than that. And then they've had a few other really close losses. So, you know, I I would say Louisville's trending up. I wouldn't say Kentucky's trending down, though. I mean, they're kind of staying steady. I'm sure they'll look good next week, or you would hope so anyway. But whether they look great or not, it's not really going to mean a whole lot given the opponents. But how how about this theory I'm going to throw out to you? Is is this shaping up to be a good narrative one potentially for Kentucky? If the if the if the thought coming into the game is that Louisville, because Louisville plays at Duke this weekend, a game I think they're like a nineteen point favorite, a game that they should win, so they'll be bowl eligible, six and five, feeling good, maybe coming off two back to back blowout wins, and Kentucky coming in with the thought, hey, Kentucky's whole season's <laughs> the perception of their whole season's riding on this game. Could that be even more of a boost for Stoops if they win? It,
0: it could. I think I think it could, and I and I think that's kind of the mindset that they need going into that game, right? Is they they need to have a chip on their shoulder going into it, knowing all right if we if we lose this thing, then our season's kind of viewed differently. If we win this game and we beat our rival again on their field to go nine and three, similar to that's where they won that ninth yeah. game three years ago, was at Louisville. They got nine. It's kind of crazy. It's the same scenario play out here they played vandy and won a game and then they played i think it's Middle tennessee state that year to get to eight and three then they beat louisville to get to nine and three so it's like the schedule is set up the exact same way here now it's new mexico state next week but i think that they kind of need that and i don't think they're necessarily going to need any motivation to beat louisville Derek. i mean i think that they're everybody on the roster is going to be ready that day i mean will levis was throwing l's down in his pictures before the season started And I don't even know if he can name anybody on Louisville's roster yet. (laughs) So, like, we know that they're going to be fired up for that game.
1: Yeah, so Kentucky has played Louisville seven times under Stoops, right? 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, seven times. Didn't play in uh, last year, obviously. 2017 was the only year that it felt like, I don't know that it wasn't that UK was ready to play. Uh, it was just Louisville. Just I mean, they Lamar came out and they just crushed them. They, they, they were better. Uh, 44-17. But outside of that, it has felt like, he has Stoops. That is, has always had Kentucky prepared. Even even those early years where Louisville was clearly more talented. I mean, 2014 they nearly they nearly upset them over there to get to a bowl. 2015 Kentucky got to what like a 21-0 lead and before they blew it when Lamar came in. Yeah. So they've always been pretty geared up for this game under Stoops. But hey, ah, eh, we don't need to spill out all the beans. Well, before we'll have that Louisville week. Well, the uh,
0: only the only something. thing that I was going to say about it is. A few years ago when Kentucky went to Louisville and they won that game to get to seven and five. That you look back on that, and that was kind of the win that really kickstarted all the success for Mark Stoops. That was the energy starter. You can make a case that Louisville needs that same energy starter. Is that That's if that makes point. any if that makes any sense? Like they they need that. And and I think that the roles are flipped here. It's back at Cardinal Stadium, but I just think that Kentucky still – I just think that they have too much talent compared to Louisville, Derek. I, I really do. But it, the the secondary worries me against – Yeah, the, I mean – Like, that's that's going to worry me. That's going to worry anyone <laughs> the rest yeah. of the season. The secondary needs addressed significantly, which moves me into this as we start to wrap up. Transfer portal. We've talked a ton about it. They We know that they needed weapons at wide receiver. Taj Harris is coming in uh Isaiah Cummins is doing his thing right now in the passing game you've got guys that are starting to emerge and show some progress there we know that the young talent that they have so we know they're going to hit the portal there as well the secondary is where the portal I think is going to have to be most important to this roster because the last few weeks have just kind of opened the eyes of some glaring weaknesses that you know Mark Stoops being a secondary guy it cannot be sitting well with him that group can't
1: no no chance you know the corners were already going to be addressed just because Mosley and daughter are going to graduate. And, you know, for whatever reason, Andrew Phillips isn't played. I don't think at all. Um, so in terms of guys who have I mean, like Adrian, he on the roster, but he's red this year. Like that was not to be addressed regardless. But I think even with like Valentine, um, you know, you, you want to bring at least two guys in here. I think that can push him for a starting job and I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on Valentine. I, I think he had a tough game the other night. He's had some hard, hard games this year. Um, but just knowing Stoops' track record and things like that, I can't imagine that they just totally misevaluated on that kid. Um, so, I mean, he's still got two years of eligibility left. I, I wouldn't give up on him yet, but you're right. Um, speaking of the secondary, too, Sean, it's a good point about this game. You started to see a bit of a youth movement. Jalen Geiger and Vito Tisdell both started. They both s- surpassed seniors, Tyrell Asian and uh, Devontae Robinson, which both those guys still played. Um, Geiger was the
0: easiest pick of his life.
1: <laughs> you know, he dropped the one against Missouri on yeah. a tip. Would have been a big play. And uh, But he came back. And, you know, this is a guy – You almost every single year you'll see a guy who either is a freshman or a sophomore – about the midway point of that season start to come on. And Geiger had a big game early against South Carolina, um, played a lot last week against Tennessee, and then came here this week. Made some good plays even outside of the interception. So he's already one of those guys now that you've seen him kind of take over a starting role. You can pencil him in next year as a starter, most likely, assuming, you know, I don't know. To, To me, corner is a far bigger issue to address than safety. Yeah, uh, but if but if you know pretty much with the portal, I mean, I would set any position if the right guy is interested, you're gonna strongly consider taking him. Um,
0: they're gonna have options, I think. I mean, the portal is always going to be a way that you can instantly get better, and it doesn't. Think, and they need good. young. They need young talent. Like I know that they have defensive backs and stuff in this class, but young talent's young talent. They need ready talent. Yeah, and and I think that Mark Stoops can kind of sell that right. Like when. When this oh, thing's yeah. over with and guys going to the portal, he can say, Look, hey, let's say that let's say they go nine and three. And then he can look back on Mississippi State, Tennessee, and he'd be like, All right, look, if we had you on our roster, this is a ten and two team. Or if we had you on our roster, maybe we go eleven and one. And I think that that's a selling point that he can take into it.
1: I don't know where Kentucky I just don't know enough rosters at other places to know for sure. I'm just knowing that i covered uk every single day and you do too sean if you were a cornerback who was like a pretty good player but maybe in a situation that isn't the best for you and like you just said if uk is coming off a nine-one season on offense i think they're going to get some pretty good pieces back so like i think next year's team will be pretty competitive i don't i'm not going to start throwing win loss numbers around a year out but you could be going and, and again like this year it's it's been a dud like let's just call it what it is they've They lost a lot of guys, and you can look at this point in the program and say, you know what, they're still not in a place quite yet where they can just simply reload. But Brendan Eccles is starting in the NFL. Kelvin Joseph's in the NFL. Chris Westry's in the NFL. Lonnie Johnson's in the NFL. Within the last three, four years, this staff has shown that they can put guys in the league. So if you're a pretty talented player, someone who's at a maybe a bigger school and just couldn't quite see the field because there's so many good players there, I have to think Kentucky's is going to be an attractive option for for a lot of people, just given what they have done. And shoot, man, a lot of those guys – well, Joseph was a tra- – well, I mean, a couple of Juco guys in there, but then Kelvin Joseph was a regular transfer from LSU. Like, it's not just guys that they recruited out of high school and developed. Like, a lot of these guys were, were people who came here, stayed two years or whatever, and then got drafted. So, I, I think it's going to be uh, that spot in particular. Probably even more than, like, wide receiver. Like, wide receiver, you're just kind of selling hope, selling – you can tell what Wandell's on, done, but in the secondary, like, Stoops has a long track record. I, I just got to think that, one, it depends on the quality of the player that goes in the portal, but, two, like, I would be a little surprised if they don't land at least one guy at corner that makes you say, wow, like, this is going to be an instant starter next season. Yeah. I would almost be disappointed if they didn't.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And uh, I think I, last year I learned my lesson. We're sitting here talking about, oh, what's Kentucky got it? <laughs> Wide receiver. What's Kentucky going to have at quarterback? And then you look up, in all those positions—you got Wondell Robinson, you got Will Levis. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly positive, and confident that Kentucky will have a difference maker or two at cornerback in that secondary that can make an instant impact on next year's team. Derek, uh, is there anything else you want to hit before we wrap this thing up?
1: Just real quick, like, like you're just talking about with UK's roster. I just think it's harder than ever to even project like what, what the outlook might be for a, for a division next year. Like you can just assume is going to be very good, but then so many teams are going to use the portal. I mean, back, you know, just a few years ago, you could pretty much tell just by recruiting kind of who would be set up the best. And now, I mean, it's going to be so different. So many guys are probably going to transfer. Um, coaching changes coming up. It's going to be very volatile. Um, it's like really you can't even really form opinions on these teams these days. It seems like until what, maybe – after may june i mean when did jacques jones transfer in that was june right so i mean it's 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 a different world but you i think kentucky will hope to get some of these guys in here for the spring that transfer i mean tosh harris will be here for the spring but some of these other guys we'll have to see but um yeah i think you look at that defense and if you can get a couple impact guys at corner with what's going to be coming back, perhaps they add some edge. I mean, it's there's still a lot of roster construction to go, but I think if you trust the staff and what they've shown you, I mean, the portal should be a way to stay competitive pretty much every single year. You shouldn't have as many. And really, I'd say a credit to Stoops is that they haven't dipped below that 7 win mark since 2016, so they've not really had bad years at all. Uh, And I think the portal will only help kind of keep them right there with a chance to to go into almost every single game outside of Georgia with a chance to win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100% there. Uh, stay locked in this week. Like Derek said in the opening, it's going to be a busy week, two basketball games, of course football, and then uh, Reed Shepard was ready to announce his college decision on Saturday, Derek. So <laughs> big time week coming. For us here on Kentucky Daily, as always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by The Butcher's Pub, three locations, Pondville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit the Butcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.